Welcome, I'm Joshua Zakoff, and this is Farewell to the Surface, the podcast, where we discuss life beneath the surface. How's everybody doing today? This is another episode of Farewell to the Surface. My name is Josh. I have my friend Jeremiah with me here today. Uh met Jeremiah a few years ago, I'd say around 2016, 2017, I think we met. And uh, we actually met in a outpatient drug program originally. Mm-hmm. And uh, we was in a class together. And um, mm-hmm. I met you there. And then it was about two weeks later, I think, after that, that uh, I ended up finding myself in a homeless situation. Mm-hmm. And... We we were we were camp partners, you know what I mean, and so I met you at the camp, and uh, me and you were, you know, and, and out there together, and through that time together, we spent a lot of time just talking and walking, and you know, killing time, doing whatever we were doing, and uh, through that time, you know, we we formulated somewhat of a good friendship, I thought, and I remember I I, I was I was out there probably three months, three and a half months, something mm-hmm. like that. Not too long. Yeah, and uh, and then after that, I went to jail went through my little process and, and, you know, found God or whatever. And, and I remember coming back and, and I would always pass the camp thinking like, man, I wonder how Jeremiah is doing. I wonder what he's up to. And I remember that same day, uh, I went into Uptown Alley and I went in the bathroom and he was in there working there. And, and, uh, so it was funny that, cause I was literally, it was like earlier that day I drove by. I was like, man, I hope he's doing all right. I wonder how he's doing God. You know what I mean? And I ran into Yeah. And so, uh, so that was around 2017 I met you. And so, you know, through that time, uh, Jeremiah and I have, we've, uh, you know, we've, we've remained close friends and we've stayed in touch and uh, mm-hmm. we were, we lived together in Oxford House. And yeah. um, so yeah. that's just my introduction to Jeremiah's and uh, I'm going to turn it over for, to you for a second, just kind of introduce yourself, tell everyone who you are and, and you know me. Um, my name is Jeremiah and uh, I'm, I'm currently still homeless. Uh, just just fall fell on good times. Uh, right now I'm just taking it one day at a time, trusting and believing in God to get back on my feet and allowing allowing this opportunity to express my experience and, and my experiences is that I've had prior um, as a homeless person and as a as an individual with, with uh, mental issues to um, elaborate and give more hands-on encounters and and, and solutions, I guess, to to express what's going on in the world of of homelessness and in society. Right. So let me ask you, how many, because you were homeless for a couple years before I met you, right? Mm -hmm. About two years? Uh, About two or three. Two or three years, two or three. and then you you got into Oxford House, and we were there together for you were there for about a year, mm-hmm. right? Actually, no, I was actually homeless prior to that about five or six years. Okay, I never really counted the years because I lost count. Yeah, after a while, you lose track of time. You yeah. know, you lose track of of morals, and you lose track of what you're doing because right now you're just on a survival mindset. How am I going to eat? How am I going to survive? How am I going to you know, maintain my habit, or how am I going to um, develop 
what I want to do every day. Right, right. So it was actually longer than that. Okay, and then you you got you were on your feet for a while there, and then things happened, and we don't need to get into all that. But mm -hmm. the, one of the reasons I brought Jeremiah on is because you know I, I love you as a brother, man. I love you as a friend. Love you too, man. Um, but you also are in the trenches uh, when it comes to homelessness. You're actually out there. You're, you're you know what I mean. You're living it. You've lived it. And so I thought you know you could really offer uh, a lot of insight on it and and kind of. Coming from, you know, there's this this quote of those closest to the solution are farthest from the resources. Mm. And so a lot of times the people that are closest to the solution of fixing issues like addiction or homelessness and things of that nature, uh, we are we're the ones that are farthest from the resources. We don't have the money. We don't have the connections to the government. And you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. We we. We ain't got it like that, and um, but the truth is, we're the ones that have the answers because we we know what what needs to be done in in a lot of ways, and um, and so this is an attempt to kind of draw that bridge, and um, so one thing I want to ask you is, what do you think is the biggest um struggle with homelessness? Like, what is the biggest thing that keeps you stuck in that lifestyle, or people that are in that lifestyle? Um. The, the biggest thing I believe for me, I can only speak for my, for me, myself, because everybody has their own story. Mm -hmm. Everybody has their own experiences of, of what drew them into a homeless situation. Right. Um, for me and myself, I know that it was a lot of neglect. It was a lot of um, abandonment issues, um, self-medicating, um, not being accepted in the family and just being when I when I went out on the streets I was more open I was more free I was able to be myself and not being told yes no no yes mm -hmm. all the time so I was like okay well this is somewhere I could be just be able to be my God free spirit my free spirit self right, right and and when I seen that opportunity I, I grabbed hold on to it and I was like you know what this is something that I want to try to find myself where I can be more comfortable where can I fit myself into society? Because I know that I'm not going to be in this position forever, but I'm comfortable right now to try to figure out what it is that I need to do yeah. and and what it is that I um what it is that I I, I want to see myself as. You know, I don't want to see myself as a homeless person all eternity, but I do want to see myself as somebody that's be able to be free-spirited and open and to be able to express myself and to be able to express my mindset and my thoughts without somebody telling me this is right, this is wrong, that you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do that. You know what I mean? Like I should be able to just be like, okay, I know the difference between right and wrong. I know to use my indoor voice when I'm inside, you know, mm -hmm. and use my outdoor voice when I'm outside. So with, with, with what really drew me to being homeless is just being open and just being free. Not feeling bound to anything. Yeah. And not and not being like chained. Yeah. And shackled and and you know what is it? Uh caught up in traditions. Yeah, yeah. Culture. Just trying to really find out who God really want me to be. Yeah. You know, it's funny cuz I think back on on when I was homeless and you know just a side note, I feel like, honestly, I feel like everybody should experience being homeless at least once in their life. Mm -hmm. I think everybody should do a month 
where where you gotta be homeless. Yeah. And, and you gotta embrace it. And um, at least a week. At least a week. Uh, I remember I was in D.C. one time, and a guy had told me. At that time, I w- hadn't been like homeless for any extended time. At that point, it was only like a week, I think. Mm-hmm. And I told him, I said, "Yeah, I, I never, I don't know what you're going through. I've only been homeless for like a week before." Mm-hmm. He said, "That's long enough. You get yeah. the picture. You know what I mean?" And um, but one thing that's fascinating is people in society have all types of imagined imagined theories on why people are homeless. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And yeah. I think everybody at some point in their life think, well, they they didn't do good, so they deserve this. And, and or they did something wrong or, you know what I mean? Basically just make ignorant uh, judgments yeah. from an outside perspective. And, and the truth is one thing that I've found, not only being homeless, um, but also talking to people that are homeless, is that, you know, those... Uh, those things aren't always the case, you know what I mean? Like, there's uh, people falling, just get dealt bad hands, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And and so I realized, like, you have no idea what led someone to being homeless, you know what I mean? There was uh, there was a lady I had met one time. I think I haven't seen her in a while. She used to always carry a, a rack of stuff. She always used to be by Dunkin' Donuts, mm-hmm. older lady. I don't know if you Camilla. know. Camilla. Camilla. See, remember mm-hmm. her name? Yeah, that's her name. And um, And I spent a lot of time with her, and she told me her story. And she just, her husband died. Yeah. And and, and it left her with nothing. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And so when he died, the house was gone. Everything was gone. I don't know how that all worked out. But she's on the streets. And now you're 70 years old and you got no family. What mm-hmm. are you going to do? Um, and so a lot of times it's not what you think. On the other hand, I will say this. I'm One thing that happened to me was I, lo- I also, when I was homeless, I was working at Fridays, remember? Mm-hmm. And so... At Fridays, I remember I'd come home, you know, everyone had their little, people had their little hustle when they're homeless. Mm-hmm. I just worked a job, you know, whether it's flying a sign, doing whatever you're doing. But then there were some people that didn't do nothing. Yeah. And they'd just be sitting at the camp all day and you get back from a long day, whatever you're doing. You yeah. hustling though, you're doing something to get by for the day, right? And that, can I get a cigarette? Can I get this? Mm-hmm. Can I get that? Mm-hmm. And it's like, bro, like we all in a crappy situation, and you literally ain't done nothing. Like, and, and you so didn't put an effort into it. No effort. You and know so, what I mean? yeah. yeah. And yeah. so, like me, people like me and you, it's easy to like still give to them, but it's also like I don't, you know, I don't respect that hustle, or like I don't respect that, like, or the people that are in that situation and doing that. I don't feel as sorry for them. So mm-hmm. it did make me see that there was definitely a split. There are people that are just in bad situations who are hustling to get out. And there are people that don't want to get out. Mm-hmm. And so I would say, um, for you, I know you're somebody that's always moving around doing stuff. Yeah. What are things that you've found that have helped you not only maintain hope and, and endurance? Because the Bible says that we endure with hope. Mm-hmm. So something has kept giving you hope. And something, like what has kept you in the game of, of pursuing better? You know what I mean? Uh. Knowing that this isn't the end, um, this isn't like my dead end. I'm still alive. Every day I wake up, I may wake up in a tent. I may wake up underneath a bridge. Uh, I may wake up in a hotel room for one night, for one lucky night. But I know it's not the end. And I know that I still need to have more funds to keep going. You know, money makes the world go around. Yeah. And without any type of, with any type of, um, financial support you can't really do anything 
So I don't want to be that person that's asking all the time, hey, can I do this, can I do that, inside of the group. When I'm already outside asking other individuals, hey, can you help me with this? Can you help me with that? Uh, asking for 50 cent or flying a sign or getting a little side gig with the Spanish people on, at the 7-Elevens. Yeah. You know, um, whatever I could do, I do it. When I see the opportunity, I take advantage of it. And I and I know that, that um, It's a reason for it, you know. It's a reason for my motivation. It's a reason for my drive. And on the inside, I can't explain it. You know, it's that God-given, driven desire to be like, "Yo, I got something to prove. Mm. I have something to show. I'm not just this homeless person. Right. I'm actually somebody. Yeah. I'm not a nobody. I'm a living body. I'm yeah. not a dead body. I'm some. You know what I mean? Like yeah. somebody, anybody, but a dead body is what they used to tell me when I was growing up. You know, yeah. I'm not a dead body yet, so I I still have something to offer to society. I still have something to offer to the world, and even though I'm in in like the the lower the lowest, you know what is that? The lowest, like a caste system. Almost, you know what I mean? You know? Like you know, they look at the homeless people like they they the worst of the worst. They're they're at the bottom. Look oh, at society, that beggar. Yeah. Yeah. Look at that beggar. Look at that. Look at that drug addict. Look at that uh, junkie. Yeah. You know, even though they still look at me like that, I still am able to function and to have decent conversations with an individual and tell them, "Hey, look, I am still participating in a in a functional conversation. I'm still using full full sentences. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I'm still able to express myself and and give you what I do have to offer. And what I do have to offer is my breath." My words, my attention, my attitude, my my devotion, my God-given spirit. You know, that's one thing that really kept me going. It's just knowing that God still gave me life. Yeah. God called me to become a pe- peculiar person. You yeah, know, yeah, I'm a yeah. peculiar people. Been called out of darkness and placed into God's marvelous light. And I know that. You know, it was my it's it's my foundation that I grew up on. You know, I, I, I grew up in the church, so I know where I'm supposed to be at in the world. I may not be that successful person. I may not be, you know, what society may want me to be, but I know who God wants me to be, and, and that's that's my motivation. So I remember when, whenever I met you, you were you were actually one of the people God used to plant seeds in my life. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And cause I remember you would always be talking about the Bible, talking about God. I think even in one of the IOP uh IOP uh, episodes <laughs> oh, or whatever we was in. I don't remember what you said, but I remember it was off the wall. Like, <laughs> you was talking about angels and demons. And, and I didn't know if you was high or what. Like, I didn't know. I was just like, and the, the teacher or whatever was just kind of sitting there. And mm. and I don't, I, you know what I mean? But but my point is, is that you was always talking about God. And you was, yeah. you know what I mean? I remember you talking about the Bible. You'd always be going to church. And so yeah. my question is, is how has you know, these situations affected your faith for the good or for the bad? Um, it's, 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 it definitely took a toll on both. Um, you know, trying to stay positive throughout the negative, you know, shining your light throughout the darkness when there's nothing but darkness around you and you have to be the light and yeah. there's no light around you, yeah. literally. Like there's no light, and you still gotta shine that light, and 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 you still gotta show that God-given character. You still have to be that living Bible, you know, because some people may not read the Bible. You'll be that living Bible that somebody sees, and 
it's difficult to be that person all the time. Right. But you know that that's just your that's my given that's my given talent. That's my given purpose. And your grace for, for to to survive in it. You, feel you know like. what I mean? Like that's 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 what I that's what that's what I'm here for. You know, like even though I'm homeless and even though I'm I'm going through my ups and downs. Like this is, I've been homeless on and off for 15 years. I'm 30, 32. I don't even know how old I am. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm 31, 32. I, don't even I think know you're 32. I think you're 32. I had the worst birthday this past two years, so I don't even know what the heck is going on. But um, because it was your 28th birthday, we went to DC and rode yeah, bikes, and, and that was two years ago. And it's I think. amazing how I had such a wonderful birthday just two years ago. I was living in a house. It was longer, pretty but... good. Like I think it was like two, three, maybe four years ago. Well, I'm 30. I know you're at least a year older than me. So, so you're it had 31, to be like 30. three, four years ago. Because I had that awesome birthday. We went downtown riding on bicycles yeah. and looking in the monuments at midnight. Yeah, yeah. Who would have thought that that was most, the most beautiful, quiet time to just have all that free space? Yeah, you know? yeah. That was fun. That was fun. And then nobody show up but you and like six other people. Yeah. But yeah. it was still a perfect like little coordination that I put together by myself. and Yeah. And then I fell off again. You know yeah, I mean? yeah, I think that was that was kind of, I think we all kind of stopped seeing each other for a while mm-hmm. at that point. Uh, we have a um, a group of friends, and, and it's called the Holy Gang. Mm-hmm. Jeremiah is the CEO of Holy Gang. Uh-huh. <laughs> so shout out Jonathan and Gabe and all, all the all all Holy the Gang guys, members. All the guys. Um, so, and girls. And girls, yeah. So into the, the next, you know, segment... You know, there's times that I have gone and ministered to homeless people or try to reach out, and you come across people who, they seem gone. Like, mm. I can have a conversation with you. You hold a dialogue. You're intellectual. You're there. Mm. Uh, sometimes you come across people who are completely just gone, and you know mm. what I'm talking about. Like, they are not here no more. You could preach the gospel and do whatever. It's like they're just gone. And they'll say something totally different to what you're talking about, right? Then in the end, you'll be like, okay. <laughs> right, like, okay, we're this is where we're at, and uh, I don't know how to move forward with this. You yeah. know what I mean? Do you think, because we, we spoke briefly and you mentioned mental illness. Do you think a lot of that is mental illness? Do you think it's a combination of trauma, drugs? Like, what, what, what do you think that is? Uh, you know, when you put drugs in the function... When you put drugs in the factor of already being stressed out, worrying about what you're going to eat, worrying about what you're going to wear, how you're going to shower, you know, and then you put substance, heavy substance, not just marijuana, but you're talking about heroin, fentanyl, um, PCP, I'm serious drugs on the streets, right? And then you already have this stress level on top of it. Now you got to also put behind that is that the, the the living situation that you had to grow up in and that you're trying to escape from and that you're trying to like make this form of reality that you your imagination reality of what you, what you think you should live as. And now you're in this place now because you, like I said, you trying to, like me, I, I was trying to get into this place of freedom and I'm trying to be this free person of like who God really wants me to be. Some people don't even know who God really wants them to be. They may think that they want to be this imitator of 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 a guy that may have 
everything a famous person has, but they just can't reach it yet. And yeah. they like, yeah, I still own Mayweather's money. I own Gucci Mane's cars. I own, you know what I mean? And, I, and people like that, and they'll be like, you know, the drugs have actually really affected them so bad that when you talk to them, they'll be like, yeah, you don't have to worry about nothing. I own all the money. Right. And then they'll be like, for real? And if you can't catch on to that, some people actually fall into that trip and be like, bro, you know, da 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 you said you got this and you got that, but then you ain't got nothing at the end of the night. What are you talking about? You know? Mm-hmm. And I believe that that's, that, that message, um, that comes from just not being able to accept your reality and not being able to embrace who God created you to be. Hmm. Now you're just trying to be this imitator. So it's somewhat of a defense mechanism. Right. Right. And you're, and you're just like, you're just in the la-la land. And now you become captive in your la-la land because now you're free. Because now you're that person that you always wanted to be. You always wanted to be this person that had everything. Or you're always this person that... that that was attracted to everybody and everybody's attracted to you so call it you know you're not knowing that nobody wants to talk to you because you stink mm. and you don't even notice that you stink right but you just think that hey uh uh I, i'm attractive on the inside and i feel like everybody should be attracted to me how are you doing can you help me out you know what i mean you get caught up in that mindset and yeah. then you got the drugs on top of it that's taking control of it yeah. So now you just lost all control of everything because now the substance of who you are really supposed to be is not even who you are. Right, right. The drugs is who you are, you know, and, and that loses track and then that adds on to the mental health issue. I definitely could see that because I know when I was getting high, it definitely led to another uh, uh, alter, alter ego. ego. Yeah, it was definitely an alter ego for me. And now looking back, I'm like... Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like what was he doing over there? Like, mm-hmm. um, but at the time, it felt authentic. I still get caught up in it to myself. Like, yeah. without my alter ego is, I want to be homeless all over the world. <laughs> like, I want to be able yeah. to travel the United States first, get a tour bus, and, and, and be homeless. Like, be able to share the love of God everywhere I go. And hey, be VH1, actually... uh, MTV. That's a that's a good show <laughs> idea. Be able to blend in 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 the community and actually be entwined mm-hmm. and show the individuals look y'all we could work together because bro did it or did we not work together everybody that was homeless with us is actually successful yeah in in your era now i'm in a new era right now with a whole another group that i'm trying to get them to be understanding that they could be successful right you know look at jonathan look at look at look at the people that was around us i'm not gonna uh, call any names out but they're very successful right now. I mean, they may not feel like they're millionaires or trillionaires or thousandaires. Right. You know what I mean? Or hundredaires. You know? Yeah. But they're successful. And when it, when you come from coming out of the woods or you're coming out of the streets, you're able to hold a bank account. You're old, You're able to pay your bills on time. You're able to be responsible. Yeah. That's successful. Holding them sacrifices. Being able to be accounted for. You right. know, holding yourself responsible, self-discipline, that's that's actually success. Yeah, it's interesting that you bring up success, because I've definitely had all types of different views of what success is. Mm-hmm. And where I've landed at this point is, I think success is, is, is just finding a place where you're 
you're responsible for the things you need to be responsible for Mm -hmm. and maintaining consistent peace and joy in everything you do and I think that and being your authentic self walking in love I think that success the problem that I've had with that type of success is that the world doesn't see success that way even Mm -hmm. if most people say they they would agree with that why not the truth is is that let's say you know let's say you're a preacher let's say you're a a mathematician let's say you're whatever you're doing Mm -hmm. typically Society won't take you serious unless they see you have the money to back it up. Mm-hmm. So it's like you could be spitting genius bars. You could be doing whatever above anybody else. Mm-hmm. But society, when they look at your life and zoom in, they're like, well, you don't have this. You don't have that. How could you possibly be right over here? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then versus somebody that don't really know what they're talking about, but they have money for the production. They have money for the, the views. They have money for all these things. It makes it look like, oh, this is this is the truth. You know what I mean? And so I know I've gotten caught in that cycle where it's like, I know ain't nobody going to take me serious till, I have, till I'm rich. And then it's like, mm-hmm. now you got to listen to me because I got the money to back it up. And, and unfortunately, that that, that kind of is how it is, but it's not the truth. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's not the truth. That success is what I believe I just said, uh, and uh, you know what you said as well. Um, do you think? What do you think that is? Some of the um, solutions for homelessness. Do you believe that it's a government issue to deal with? Do you believe it's a, a the church's issue to deal with? Do you believe? Um, it's it's you know society and, and civilians duty to deal with you know what do you um, what do you think is some solutions i believe that it's the community's issue you know i don't put the government over it i don't put you know i do put the church on it because i don't like how there's over like in my neighborhood there's over a thousand churches or maybe 800 600 churches small church big church in just the area that I'm in. And they they have never came together and was like, hey, let's come and, and do an actual function and, and support the community. Let's go out here and do this on a constant basis. Let's be consistent. Let's not just go out here once a month. Let's go out here once a week. Let's not just go out here once a week. Let's go out here once a day. Because now we got all these members of, of all the churches at one time coming together. I believe that unity, if we were to actually be truly unified and as a body of Christ and not just say that, oh, we're a body of Christ inside of one establishment, but to actually say these establishments that actually read the word of God become the body of Christ and function as the body of Christ inside of the community that they're already in and display the love of God consistently, then there could be change. Well, okay, so here's one thought I have, because I do agree with you. There, I actually just saw a documentary. I don't remember what it was called. Uh, it's probably shot in the last five years. and I, it, It's someone known who, who did it. But um, the documentary, it's talking about church and, and, and it's in society. And he said that, and this is, you know, based off this documentary, it's been in the last five years, I think it was made, but he says 
they looked in within like at least in inner cities. Mm-hmm. The cities that have the most amount of churches have the biggest levels of poverty. Mm-hmm. So you go to a city, we have 500 churches, mm-hmm. but we have more poor people and more homeless people than the city that has 200 churches. Yeah. And so they were like, how does this make sense? If, if, you know, this is the house of God and the people of God, then why is the fruit of that not showing in the cities? And so that is a very interesting, you know, concept. I, yeah. Yeah. It's very interesting. And I don't think that it's wrong, but I do have because I've thought about, you know, homelessness and it obviously takes a lot of money and resources to yeah, to fight that. that yeah. Um that's why there, I think that's why it's important to come together because you can't just fix one person's life at a time. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Yeah, it takes a lot into it. Someone has to pour into it. Time and money. Not just money, you know what I mean? Because a homeless person may be like, Yeah, I'm enjoying my freedom right now. Right. I'm not ready to change my lifestyle. I actually like not taking showers. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I actually not being able to eat all the time. I enjoy that. So people like to suffer. They do. And you know <laughs> you know how I know because there was a guy I had met that I it seemed like God bumped me into him all the time. Mm-hmm. And uh and so I, I I had met this guy who was had a non profit and he was trying to help homeless people, predominantly homeless people, but I think also addicts at that point. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he started this nonprofit, and he knew that he knew my background. He said, "Hey, uh, find people that you think would think would be, uh, you know, good good people to have." And so there was this guy I brought to him, and at the end of the day, the guy didn't want to get a job. He didn't he didn't want to do nothing. Mm. Like he wanted to not be homeless very bad, but he didn't want to do anything to change it. Mm. And so, you know, the guy was met with him a few times, was taking to Bible studies, and he basically was like, you know. He just wants me to buy him new teeth, you know what I mean? Like like he just want he didn't he didn't want to do anything that he was asking him to do and he was I mean the thing is, is I know this guy, I hooked him up with another guy and he got him into an apartment. Mm-hmm. Bro, put him on his feet, blessed his life for real. Mm-hmm. And um cuz he probably went, worked with the the program with he the was system. trying to, yeah, yeah like along with the program. Yeah. And so there's definitely that is definitely something that's in there is that you have to be willing because uh, some people definitely don't want to do the work to get out of it. Mm-hmm. But apart from the money is that there needs to be transformation because if people that are coming off the streets consider let's let assuming that you're you're on the streets based off of your your own choices and not some just crazy card life dealt you. Mm-hmm. There's a thought process and there's there's some type of pattern you have in your life that leads you into that, I would think. I know, I know. For me, it was drugs, yeah. you know, hands down. Um, but uh, there needs to be a transformation, and so the the money is maybe would provide for, you know, food and 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 housing and stuff like that for a lot of people. Um, but ultimately, there has to be a system or some type of rehabilitation center connected to that. The other thing is that because my idea is like churches coming together. Like there's there's a church I know. I won't even say what church, but there's a church I know, a big church. It's a it's a big church mm-hmm. in the area. Mm-hmm. They raised for one church. I think that they had a fire at the church, bro. They raised seventy grand in one offering. Wow, one offering, bro, on one Sunday, seventy grand. So I'm like, seventy, bro. What if every church did that for a, a two weeks? Mm-hmm. How much money could get raised for for homelessness? Mm-hmm. You know, like like I have my neighbor over here. They you know they they want to buy a hotel and turn it into 
to like apartments, you know what I mean? And that's a great idea. I think that that's one of the things. But um, the next question I have really is like, what do you think is going to be the thing that, like, what is it that you are waiting for? What is it that you think you need for to get you to the next step? I know you said you're waiting on, a, on an ID right now. and uh, Yeah. I'm waiting for for me. It's it's. I'm waiting for myself. You know, it's me, myself, and I right now, and and God, of course, but me allowing to truly surrender, and and allow God to take over. You know, to stop playing God and to actually be who I'm supposed to be in the kingdom of God. You know what I mean? Not just playing the character, but actually being the lead character in my life, and not just saying, "Oh, I'm one of the guys," but I'm I'm not just one of the guys. I'm I'm leading the guys out of being a regular Joe, a regular homeless captive, captivated mind. You know what I mean? Free freeing the captives. Yeah. You know, because it's that mindset. Even I have to go through it, you know, that mindset of just trying to captivate that alter ego, letting go of that alter ego, you know, letting God really just be like, this is what I want you to do. I want you to be sober. I want you to be clean. I want you to cling on to God-fearing people, you know, because that's the beginning of wisdom. How can I expect myself to get out of the situation if I'm not even using wisdom? You know, one of the things that did get me out of my homeless situations, you know, because I've, I've been, like I said, I've been homeless on and off for 15 years. One thing that got me out, I used to tell myself when I used to sleep in the tent, I used to be like, man, I want to own my own organization. I remember you telling me you, you, know? want, you want a church. Like, yeah, I'm going to get a church. I want to start a church. But it was like, okay, well... I had to tell myself, my own organization starts with my body functions and how I operate my body functions. Now, do I want to? Do I want to start operating? Do I want to open up my body? Do I want to start? Do I want to? Do I want to run my business? Do I want to start being motion like wake up early in the morning and start my business early in the morning, or do I want to start late at night? You know what I mean? Do I want to take advantage of the day and and actually run my lifestyle, run my daily body, like my actual lifestyle as my organization every day, doing something productive, making sure I go to do something, go to the library, go, go, go to the social services, do this, do that, you know, try to get a day laboring job, even if it's with them Spanish people that's doing some under, under the table hey, work. Hey, bro, they be charging, they be charging, you know, and it's, and it's decent good work. You can make you know? some decent money, bro, if you get consistent work there. You yeah. know, and, and that's how I had to, that's, that's actually what got me out of a homeless situation is to actually run my life as the organization that I wanted to have. Hmm. And, and it helped, you know, to, develop that type of mindset to not just stop at that one point yeah and that's how that holy game really started because i was like yo from a homeless from a tent i was like yo i really want to just run my body myself as my organization this is my organization i control me this is where i operate this is how i function 
I am my organization. Do I want to be a bum or do I want to be an actual function organization? So what I'm hearing you say is that you believe, it's kind of sound to me like you want to govern yourself appropriately. Like you think it's, it's you're getting yourself in check before you can step into the other the actual The actual formality of actually owning things and to actually doing what right. you, you know what I mean? To, no, no, I, I think it. that's good because a lot of people be like, oh, I just need a job or, oh, I just need a house. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just need a car. I just need the ID. I just need this. And while a lot of times those are steps in the right direction and you do need the, the car to get the, the job and the car, the job to get the house, you know, you need these things. Mm-hmm. But you need to wake up in the morning first. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's, see, and that's what You need what to I, get out of the bed, not just wake up in the morning, but you got to get your feet out the bed and then keep being productive from that point on, not slacking and lacking from that. You know what I right. mean? Not taking your situation to be like, oh, I'm still down and out. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm still sad. I'm broke. I ain't got no. I ain't got no real friends. All my friends come around just to get high. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? To actually just be motivated and to do what you need to do to yeah, keep yeah. yourself functioning, to keep yourself in motion. Yeah, but see, that's what I'm saying is that I like that you acknowledge that that you're mm-hmm. aware, you're self aware of like, yo, like I got to keep this in check, my, mm-hmm. my heart, my soul, my spirit. This got to be in check yeah. or none of that stuff even going to matter. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's it's true. It's like it, it's it's got to be a consistent fight in, in, in whatever you're doing. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. it's very interesting. You know, do you think that there is like you talked about earlier about the the darkness of of the situation and i remember i remember it bro like and i wasn't mm-hmm. even spiritually like mm-hmm. there you know what i mean like my spiritual eyes like weren't even open at all back then like I, I was aware but like i remember just feeling such a uh you know just a, like a dark just a darkness man just just a despondent you know distant cold atmosphere all the time mm-hmm. and, and i think a lot of that was within myself but also you know around you so do you know but then it's like so you're surrounded by the darkness by that same energy you're surrounded by it and that's mm-hmm. what pulls people down and we know that but then the alternative is to isolate and that's not great either because mm-hmm. i'm a i'm an isolator you know what i mean and yeah. i think it i think it does some good i think some people need to learn to isolate mm-hmm. i know you're somebody that can isolate yeah definitely definitely so do you think that in keeping yourself in a good place, do you think it's easier for you to kind of lone wolf it and isolate to, to make the best of your situation? Or do you feel like it's harder when you start going around the other people in those situations, they drag you down? It, it goes hand in hand, you know, because everybody isn't your enemy. Yeah. You know, some people actually do want to see you succeed and they want to see themselves succeed as well. And and you run into individuals sometimes on the street that actually, or you run into individuals that have something to offer, and they'll be like, well, if you just put a little bit more initiative into this, then we can help you a little bit more yeah. if you do that. You know, um, you know, I know one time I was um, <laughs> crazy story. I've always been like this. You know, throughout my whole homeless situation, you know, very intellectual, very sharp, in into it, and um, I met this lady one time, and she was financially stable, 
and her husband was financially stable and they were very stable. And she used to, like how we're having this conversation right now, what do you think that this would be and how do you feel like? And they were actually listening to what I was saying and they were like, yo, you got some good points and mm -hmm. you actually have something to offer. Now, I want to take a chance with you because I had, because she was very, 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 very stable. And um, I'll never forget this. Um, in the area that I live in, or the area that I'm staying at, uh, they don't have a lot of resources. And um, she was like, you know, because she was so financially stable, she had a lot of resources. She had a lot of connections. And she was starting to like, okay, well, I see that you don't have these type of areas to take a shower every day. Mm -hmm. You don't have a place to like go look for a job or you don't have that everyday moment to, to actually do it. And she was like, um, Jeremiah, I'm thinking about opening up an actual shelter and having you run it for me. Mm. Like to actually have you be the manager of this establishment that I'm going to put my money into and I'm investing into you. Yeah. You know, and um, um, I wasn't ready. You mm -hmm. know, I wasn't ready. I wasn't fully dedicated at that time. So you feel like that was an opportunity. It was you a dropped. golden opportunity. You dropped it. You know, I, 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 I blame it on myself. I don't blame it on anybody else. I don't blame it on, on the people that was around me. I don't blame it on, you know, the relationships that I was in or anything like that. I blame it on myself because that was my opportunity to become that person that I've always wanted to be. And now God gave me the whole scenario right there. Boom. We're gonna set you up. We're gonna we're gonna use this vacant corner store in the area. We're gonna turn we got showers already inside of the building. We got this, we got that, and I'm already gonna pay for the lease and I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna do that. Already established. I'm gonna take this chance on you. Mm. You know what I mean? And I dropped that offer. You know, and I think I don't think about it a lot, but now I'm talking about it. It's like, yeah, it's hitting you a little bit. Like, it actually yeah. hit me. I was like, dang, man. You know. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, we had we spoke briefly on the phone, and, and I told you I said, man, look, I know we already we we friends, so I'm not worried about preparing too much for this. But I said one thing that I you know mentioned a few things I wanted to bring up, but um, you know what you had mentioned mental illness. Mm -hmm. And so, do you think what factor do you think that that plays in in, in all of this? What mental illness and substance abuse go hand in hand? They all, yeah, I, I agree. Uh, for me, it's very difficult because I like to feel relaxed. I like to feel that's crazy, bro. Ease. I don't I don't know too many people that want to feel relaxed. I that's... love feeling relaxed. Like, I love <laughs> to be at ease. I, I have to be at ease. If if not, I look crazy. Like you know how I was in class. I would, everybody would think I would be high. I'm really sober, and I'd be like, yo, I just need to take my medicine. <laughs> I just need to take my medicine to calm me down because yeah. I'm naturally active. I'm naturally like hyper, you know, and. I don't like to feel like that all the time because that's just who I am. But when I want to just feel relaxed and at ease, it's good. 
um, with the medication that they do offer. And I was talking to my mother about this too because I was like, Mom, you know, I, I want to take the medication and I want to do it right. But why is it that I know all of the ingredients inside of the street drugs and everything that they put inside of that? Like, I could talk to my dealer. I could talk to my, you know, whoever, whoever. And they'll tell me, oh, this, that, and the third is inside of this and this and this and that and that and that. But if I was to go get a prescribed pill from the doctor, all I would get is a handful of ingredients hmm. and not that full list of being like, okay, this, 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 and this. You're just going to take a component of drugs. And that doesn't make me feel comfortable because now I'm taking something that's going to make me feel constipated. Hmm. I'm going to take something that's going to make me gain weight. And I don't yeah. even know why I'm gaining weight. I'm just taking something to make me feel relaxed because that's what I want to do. I want yeah. to be relaxed. I want to be able to function in society. Yeah, I don't want to be able to... Um, not be nonchalant and be an idiot and be like, I'm just taking medicine just to be taking medicine because I'm supposed to take medicine. I want to actually be able to know what I'm taking. You want it to benefit your life and as actually well. know, yeah, and know what's going on inside of my body and, and my mentality because that's what's really carrying me is my mindset. Right. So I don't want to just destroy it. Even though I'm destroying it with street drugs, at least I'd be like, okay, well, Smoking some PCP, but at least I know the dead bodies know it's gonna be all right. You know what I yeah. mean? It's just crazy, crazy mentality, but it's just the way that it no, is. No, I mean I hear you because I I remember when I was dealing heavy with bipolar and depression, and and when I was a teenager, my parents kind of made me go through that that you're gonna take medicine mm-hmm. thing. And I remember like I didn't really see how much it, it brought me down because like you you look at bipolar and you got the you know you got your range of ups mm-hmm. and downs mm-hmm. and let's say they want the medicine's job is to keep you in the middle right mm-hmm. but that takes away the highs mm-hmm. it also takes away the lows and you turn into a robot and that's and so i remember like turn i went to a zombie a zombie i went to to juvie and i was on this medicine so i'm like depakote uh Bilify, like they have me only three joints you know what i mean and i i self-requested 72 hours in my cell Mm. You know what I mean, and I'm and and I remember I look back on that and I'm like, you have to be like not that's not and I'm on the medicine medicine they say is gonna help me. Mm-hmm. I I didn't even want to get out of bed. I'm in my cell for three days laying on the cot. Didn't even want to get out of bed and and that's when I realized like, this I'm never taking this stuff again. Like the second I I stopped taking I, I was like I'm never taking medicine again. And I do hear people say like you got to find the right one. You know what yeah, I mean? But, yeah. but the the thing that annoys me about that is like you gotta wait a month to even see what it's gonna do to you. Like I don't, we don't got time. You got you know you what gotta I mean? Be you gotta be functioning in the world. Like society yeah, like, is calling your name every time the sun comes up. <laughs> <laughs> right. I got, hey, hold up. Give me a month. I'll wait to see if this medicine gonna work. Let know? me see if my bills gonna get paid some kind of way. Let me let me get my mind right. together. Yeah. I think that's the roughest thing with mental illness is that life don't pause for you. It doesn't. So you you trying to juggle this thing over here. Which really dictates your entire being. Mm-hmm. It really dictates the way that you flow into life, everything. But then life's like pulling on you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's 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 definitely a challenge. So do you think for you, would you say you would rather like? Are you still trying to find like a right medicine, or what? What what do you what do you th- like? If you think at like the best place you in your life, like I say, the best I seen you was when in Oxford House. You know, yeah, after I moved out, you was president of the house, all that. Um, yeah, everybody's been telling me that. Yeah, that was the best I've seen you. 
And so I'm not saying you, you've never been in a better spot, but that was just the best place I've seen you just all around, you know, mm. in a balance. Um, were you on medicine then? Um, I want to say yes and no. In the beginning stage, I was just to wing off of the substance. <clears throat> but I didn't want to be controlled by substances. So even if I look at just a, a pill that's prescribed, it's still my altering and move altering, whether whether if it is legal or, or illegal, you know. So I didn't take the medicine no longer than three months probably. Mm -hmm. And I stayed in the Oscar house for about two years or so. Um, so yeah, I didn't, I, I didn't take the medicine that long. Yeah, and it and it helped. But you know, what really helped me is Jesus. You know, of course, the Word of God, going to church, being in the establishment, prayer, um, yeah, dedication, being able to be around Christ-like people, um, moving forward in my life. And, and and pedaling forward and not looking back. Right. That's something that actually really helped me. Um and and that's 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 what it was. That's yeah. what it was. I can see that definitely definitely plays a role. I think the the community aspect of it being around, you know, like minded people, all that definitely mm -hmm. keeps you keeps your head above water and kinda helps you, you know, stay afloat. And so I'm gonna kinda kinda wrap this up. And and I but I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap it up with one last question. And I've already really asked the question, mm -hmm. but like I told you, I want it to to come to kind of an. I want this to end with life in the sense of if you said if if I if I came to you as a genie, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Okay. Because we know God, bro, and God God he uh, he don't do our will; he does his will. Right. And we we align ourselves with that. So it don't usually work out where we like, yeah, God, give me this, do that, and and I'm good. He says, nah, you you come to me and and I'm gonna do what I do, and then it'll be the way I want it to be. Right. You know what I mean? But trust that it'll be good. Um, if I was a genie though, and I stepped into like let let's say I went to the, one of the camps. What do you think? Like if if I said Jeremiah, you're my manager. Tell me what needs to be done here. Let's just just pick a camp of five people. Mm -hmm. think of five people you got what needs to be accomplished for these people to not only get off the street but to live in society and function just just list a few things you think like what solutions of of what that would look like first off it will, it will all have to be the mind it has to be the mindset of wanting to get out of the homelessness right you know that 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 mindset of not wanting to stay stuck in yeah. in that cycle of trying to get a fix every day, or trying to trying to make a quick buck just to just to get well. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> it it has to change the mindset. So the the first step is to actually be like, okay, is everybody's mind on the same path, on the same track to be like. I'm done with this lifestyle. Yeah. I, I'm ready to make that sacrifice and to be committed and dedicated to do whatever it takes to get out of this situation. Right, right. Um, second will have to be 
consistency, consistent resources, um, and being consistent, you know, being responsible, being accountable, and being able to take those next steps. Yeah. Within. So yeah. that it really, to be honest with you, even if a genie was to come, <laughs> it wouldn't make no difference because it all ends up on that person. So I, yeah, I agree with you. You So you're basically saying, look, like, it's got to be the person. Yeah. However, if that person comes forth with themselves in the right place, mm-hmm. you don't believe the resources are there? Or do you think that they are there? Um, in inner cities, they are. They're there more. Inner cities, larger cities, well-established cities, they're there. But if you used to go into the country or go into, like, a suburban area where there's more rich people, so to speak. The rich people don't understand that there's homeless people out there or that there's mental issues out there. They'll just be like, that kid actually does have a family and he needs to just go back home. Or why don't he just go get a job and then just go over right, right, the business? Think, yeah, just, yeah. You know, I hear you. It, 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 it takes a lot of, it takes a lot to look at. Yeah. It's a lot of individual issues, you know. Yeah. So, the resources is one of the things, but it's also the community, you know. The community has to play a hand. The community has to be the motivator. Right. The community has to be the instigator, yeah. and and like motivate the instigating to get this person to to finally develop and and realize that you can do something a little bit better. Right. Don't just keep flying this sign. Go do something. Go get your ID. Yeah. Go 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 get your medication. Go go talk to a therapist. Don't even go get your medication. Just go talk to your problem. Right, right. Don't be scared of the problem no more. Address yourself. You know, it all it all it all starts with the individual. Yeah. That's what I that's 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 just how I feel. All right. Well, you know, we're we're about I think an hour in and but I'm gonna say this. I think we're gonna have to do a part two. You know what I mean? Because I got some more questions. And I want to come back to this maybe with a different spin on it from a different right. approach. But we, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a part two on this. I think. That's what's up. Um, but I think that about wraps it up. I appreciate everybody tuning in to Farewell to the Surface. My friend Jeremiah's here. You got any last words you want to say? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All right. <laughs> Thank you.